songs. It's a podcast. Three songs. Not a podcast. Three songs. It's three songs. It's a podcast. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. 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 Three songs. May 7th, 2018, episode number 70. Bob Nastanovich, how are you doing? Pretty damn good, yeah, pretty good. Good pretty to hear. Good. Yeah, good. sitting outside. Nice spring evening here in Des Moines. Fantastic. And everything's good, yep, we're good. I like that, I like that. Well, I'm doing all right, too. This is Mike Hogan here. You're Bob Nastanovich. We already know that. And, uh, yeah, quickly, quickly, like uh, we did our, we did a heavily weighted Kentucky Derby preview we show. Did ninety minutes of music and Derby analysis. Babble, Derby babble, Derby oh, babble. analysis. Yeah, analysis <laughs> on your end, babble on my end. So <laughs> oh, let me stop. tell you something. This guy here that I'm talking to, Mike Hogan, who I've never met personally. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, not and in, we actually not met in, through podcasts on the DRF. That's true. Right? Yeah. Right, so we know each other, you know, from a horse racing perspective. We've known each so other we through, years, but never met in person. Right, you know, because he lives in Queens and I live in Des Moines, and like it's difficult for us to get to each other, that kind of thing. We'll get, you know, we'll get together sometime, and hopefully on my back porch because it'll probably be pretty heavy duty. That's true. Although I, I, I can guess, and in fact, I know for a fact you, you've set foot in the state of New York more than I've. Set I was born there. I was in born the in Rochester. Really. This, oh yeah, I did not know. Oh yeah, it's born in Rochester. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, one day we'll do we'll do a pod from your back porch. That'd oh, be fantastic, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. But uh, anyways, in regards to the Derby analysis, you gave out the horse that you gave out above all other horses was a horse called Instilled Regard, who was completely disregarded by the betting public, and went off somehow. 85 to 1, his performance belying his odds of 85 to 1, reads like this. He finished fourth. He was beaten six lengths, okay? And the official Equibase chart says about Instilled Regard that he came away a half step slow, was slammed and forced in at the break, settled off of the inside, commenced to run between horses, leaving the half mile marker, continued the progression in traffic was stalled briefly with a quarter mile to go, weaved his way through and soldiered on, making up good ground resolutely. Okay? Okay. 85 to 1. Sounds like my trip home most days. Oh, no, no, no. You don't drink and drive. <laughs> no, no. I'm, t- I'm talking I'm talking the empty. <laughs> Makes it sound like you, you you go home on like a three-wheeled vehicle through a, through a mud pipe. Kind of. I, I ride the subway, so, you know, it's about yeah. the same. Um, Anyways, Drayden Van Dyke at the, at the controls. He, this horse ran a marvelous race, didn't he? Just a he marvelous did. race. He did, and, and Drayden for his first derby, I mean, he could have given up. He could have made, you know, just said, "Okay, it's not our day today." But he rode on, he weaved through, he got up for fourth. Um, he ran a huge race. He ran a huge race. Length, I mean, one length and three quarters behind a photo for second. Yep, that's true. Yep, that's and true. Uh, I'm telling you that that he, I mean, like basically, he ran the best race in the Derby uh, because the, the the top three didn't deal with anywhere near the hell he right, did. Right. Right. Uh, so. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, of course, I'm thinking, well, what could have been had, you know, because uh, I got a little. Well, from a gambling perspective, we always look that way. Right. But basically, your pick yeah. ran one hell of a race well, thank as you. the longest shot in a 20 horse field. Thank you. And I was I have to say I was I was amazed and shocked that he was the longest price in the race because. Oh, no, I thought he would have been. You know, I think. he. Yeah, me too. I, I that, that blew my mind, and he was always the longest shot on the board. He was. I mean, always. in, in, in the day they before the windows, right? The day before when they had the early wagering, he was like a hundred and fifty to one. Dude, it was crazy, and I couldn't it believe crazy. it. I could not believe it. Um, you know, I thought he might be. He was fifty to one on the morning line. I thought he might be forty-five to one. I didn't think he'd be twice that. 
Anyway. Right, and, and you never know what any of these things are going to do on a track like that, which That's is, true. You know, makes the form very dubious. That's true. Okay. That's true. And in fact, the uh, English 1000 Guineas, a classic race for three-year-old fillies, was run less than 24 hours later at Newmarket. I thought there it was, was an 100 to 1 winner. Oh, really? So Yeah, Billis and Brook. What? So, you, so you cannot you cannot toss. No. You know, the you know, horses No. You know, I mean like, you know, the in the Kentucky Derby, we've had horses like Giacomo win at 50 to 1 recently, mind that bird won at 50 to 1. Well, you never know who's going to step up. And of course the winner stepped up, you know, Of we'll, course. You know, you know, I don't think we ever said a bad word about Justify. No. Other than we doubted the fact that he'd never really been challenged, and he still actually never has been right, challenged. Right, right, and and maybe he's just good enough that he doesn't need to be. Yeah, um, right. Maybe like you know, great horses make great trips, yeah. and like he's got incredible tactical speed, and he you know he may never be touched. Right, you know, right. Well, this but is... I mean, even American Pharaoh, like you know, his stable mate who won the Triple Crown, he got challenged in the Travers, and that That's was the true. only time he buckled. That's true. Well, the, the, yeah. this is all true, but this is also a music podcast, and uh, maybe we should play some music. Yeah, I'll play. I'll go to Memphis. Well, I won't go to Memphis. I'll play. A, I'll play a woman that was uh, born in the uh, 19th century in Algiers, Louisiana, and uh, thankfully she lived until 1973, and she was one of the queens of Beale Street. Uh, she was born as Lizzie Douglas. Her stage name was Memphis Minnie. I'm gonna play two songs by her, and I can't remember which order I was gonna play what. So tell me, tell me which one I was gonna play uh, first. You, you play. said you wanted to play Frankie Jean, the Trotten Fool. Yeah, the Trotten Fool. Yeah, I think it's about. I think it's about a standard bread. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Go on with it. All right. Continuing the racing theme there, Bob, or at least the horse theme. Memphis oh, Man. very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Trot and Fool. 
Frankie G. I'm going to read you like a little passage. You know Big Bill Brunzi, right? Of course. Yeah, legendary blues man. Yeah. He wrote he wrote a, an autobiography called Big Bill Big Bill Blues Big Bill Blues right, mm-hmm. and uh, they used to have these things back in the early '30s, when both these artists Big Bill Brunzi and Memphis Minnie were active, and they had these things called cutting contests right. Okay. And these these two had a cutting contest in June of '33, in a Chicago nightclub, right for a prize of a bottle of whiskey and a bottle of gin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Each singer was to sing two songs. Big Bill sang Just a Dream and Make My Getaway. Memphis Minnie sang one of her classics, Me and My Chauffeur Blues. And looking the world over, and she won the damn thing. The damn things. Well, the bottle of gin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, Good and for the her. Of whiskey. As well she yeah. should. No, no knock on Big Bill, but uh, Memphis Minnie, she's the real deal. Yeah, and she didn't bet any five thousand on that Frankie Jean. <laughs> That's but right. I imagine he was a trotting fool. Yeah. But I'll play one more for you. Okay. I don't want that junk out of you. Okay. Yeah, I don't that want early... that I don't want that junk out of you either, Bob. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the snot coming out of our face during allergy season, right? <laughs> I yeah, guess so, if you if you want. Well or or uh, you know, some choice words that, you know, sometimes are are uh, prone. Nah, to it's all about the river mucus. Nah, I don't right. want that to kind of. I don't want that. It's talking about a racehorse with a snot. All right, all right. I don't want that chunk out of you either. All right, sounds good. Let's hear Memphis Mini. think she's talking about your allergies bob no she's not she isn't is she <laughs> probably not no that's okay now listen like one more thing about it still regard okay if his name was distilled regard he, he would have gone off at half the price <laughs> i guess i mean oh, they're obsessed with whiskey down there and, and if we're going to talk about ridiculous horses going off at ridiculous odds i mean you were much higher on him than i was but my man jack or my boy Jack. Oh, dude, he was always five to one. I know, I know. Crazy. He was. He was. He went off at the is the second choice. He was thirty to one on the morning line, and I thought he should have been every bit of that thirty to one. I I wouldn't have played him 
at anything less than 45 or 50 to 1 and he's he's 5 to 1 for most of the wagering went off at 6 to 1 as the second choice and uh you know he's just I I I just couldn't understand it. Uh I guess he was the wise guy horse but uh, I was not on the yeah, wise guy. Yeah, you said Hopper was the wise guy. I know. Horse. He went off like 37s. I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Yeah, there was wrong. no wise guy and that some Cajun bet like uh, 250,000 to win on him early. Yeah, I guess so. But boy. Wow, and then everybody must have thought somebody knows something and they they jumped on that train but uh, he's run himself a race. I he mean, ran, he's yeah, a race. yeah, he he ran fine. You know, I mean, he was a couple lengths behind instilled regard. He finished fifth, and um, yeah, I mean, with baby, yeah, the the biggest underlay in in recent Derby history that yeah. I can recall. Uh, you know, I, I I privately to a friend while he was five to one said biggest biggest underlay in the Derby since Pyro. There remember, you go. You remember Pyro? No, no. Pyro, I Wait. think, I think he went off as the favorite. P y r o. P y r o. He went off as the favorite in the Derby. Oh, I want to guess. Two thousand eight. No, in two thousand eight was Big Brown. Two thousand nine, two thousand ten, somewhere in that era. Uh, was it an Asmussen horse? Maybe he was coming. He was coming off a win in the Bluegrass when when Keeneland was still synthetic. And, uh, you know, that bluegrass forms no good. Right. Exactly. I mean, it was just like never okay, been any good. Yeah. You know, especially when it was synthetic, you know, because it was a completely different service. Anyway, we digress. Well, the, the thing about the bluegrass used to be like if you if you finished in the top four and didn't win, you had a shot. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. That was that was, that was sort of my I case. I made a lot of money one year on the bluegrass and wild sin one. Yeah. 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 All Randy right. Romero, Jurgen Arneman. Randy Romero, oh, fantastic! Oh, yeah, know him. Yeah, he was over forty-three that meet. Wow. Yeah, and and, and Wildson won. Yep, and a uh, bunch of good horses. I think believe uh, believe Thunder Gulch would have been like third or fourth in the race that year. Or you know who knows? Going, Can't remember. Going, but anyways, enough about horse racing. Enough yeah. about horse enough, racing. We'll enough. talk about horse racing. We'll do a. We know what we'll do about horse racing. We'll do a real quick Preakness preview because it's going to be like a five or six horse field. <laughs> sure. And so we'll just do like a, we'll run through those things okay. like in four minutes. In like a week and a half. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. Anyways, on to the music code. On to the music. So I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to. Mogwai played Mexico City last night. Really? Mogwai. Ooh, I wish I was there. Mogwai yeah. in Mexico City. That sounds like a good time. That does sound like a good time. You know. Oh. Uh, so. Uh, uh, I'll 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 hinge on something you said. Memphis Minnie passed away in 1973, so I'm gonna play a song. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna do two because because this is the sort of thing where if you hear this song on the radio, it always has to lead into the next song. So I have to play them both. I'm just gonna we're not even gonna stop in between. Just do two songs straight away. The first two songs off of the 1973 record from. ZZ Top. Double dipping, Mike. Double dipping. You started double dipping. I'm going to I'm gonna continue it. Uh, Trace Ombres is the record. This uh, this is the song that leads it off, and it goes straight into... Hey, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Ooh. Uh, you mean, you do, are you talking like traditional, or are you talking like wacky? I'm say anything, anything. If no. I, like, well, first of all, let's start this off. Are you a... Uh, Sugar cone or a waffle cone or a sugar plain cone. cone. Sugar yeah. cone. For sure. Sugar cone. No, yeah. no, two dips on two dips on a cone. Two dips on a cone. Double dip on the cone. Double dip on the sugar cone. Uh, we, we, you know, I'll do chocolate and vanilla. No, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Chocolate what? Chocolate and vanilla. I don't know. Chocolate and vanilla. It's regular chocolate, regular vanilla on a sugar cone. I like that. Go ahead and play some ZZ Top. All right. ZZ Top from Trace Ombres. This one, this one kicks it off. It's waiting for the bus. Oh, people. 
With you, Jesus. I'm telling you, man. You ever been to Houston? I've never been to he- well, uh, just through the airport. Oh, I've been doesn't, there. Yeah, that doesn't there count. A few though. times. Yeah, that's oh, the I'm west sure. end of the Cajun Bill. Yeah. So it's like, easy. To- I mean, think of, people don't think of like Texas being a Cajun area. You know? You no. Know? Yeah, you're right. Oh no, you drive. I think it says I-10. You get to Houston. They got they got ice houses. They got outdoor bars with like uh, tents over them I, and lots of ice and, and ice cold beer and big old cockroaches big things <laughs> like and I, I was staying in a real cheap hotel room one time and I thought there was a crab running across the end of the bed <laughs> there's a big old cockroach and I couldn't sleep the whole night my flight was at like at 6am to get out of there end of the tour type thing you know 
and I spent the whole night with my tennis shoes off killing. I must have killed 25 of them. They were as big as my, like, not, I mean, I got a, I got a big hands, but, like, uh, they're big roaches, man. I'm sure. I'm sure. That Houston Rock, man. Houston Rocks. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I, 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 I love early ZZ Top. And in, in my mind, you know, they had a string of records they could kind of do no wrong. From that one, I mean, well, I never know, knew that about you. In fact, yeah. you know, you, you brought like a, you know, yeah. I never know what. I mean, here's the guy who played Beef on the show. Yeah, <laughs> you keep and, mentioning and, beef. and Bruce Springsteen and ZZ Top. <laughs> you know, like I mean, I kind of think of like uh, ZZ Top as like the ACDC of, of of the U.S. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, maybe I guess, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. In you know, no, no, not at all. I love ACDC. It in. And the thing is, it is their legitimate rock. I mean, they're straight. Like, I think they get, and especially since they did in the early 80s, kind of, the, you know, they went MTV with legs and they did a bunch of Yeah, those. she's got legs. You know, she knows how to use them. That right. That was like, you know. Right. Um, but. Ridiculous. They ridiculous. were. It was, yeah, totally ridiculous. And they, they kind of turned into almost a parody of themselves. Well, they did, yeah, they did. But they, you know, they could really rock it. I mean, those both of those songs have a serious groove and a serious rock groove. And I'm telling you, I could follow it. I could, I could cue it up right now because I probably have it ready to go. But every time I listen to Double Nickels and oh, Masterful Three Piece, Jesus and Tequila comes on. Oh yeah, that's gonna it, be easy. Top it is. Song, yeah. It is. Oh, it big is. Time. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, D sure. and Mike and George Hurley doing ZZ Top Ganacano, and that's not even an Acano song. That's almost like a nearly three minute long song. But like that's the Minutemen ZZ Top tune, if there ever was one. Um, anyway, well, it's a three piece three piece brother tribute. Yeah. Of course. I mean, no doubt about it. And and in my mind, it's not a huge leap from ZZ Top to the Butthole Surfers. Oh, definitely not. That's Texas rock, man. Yeah, yeah. it's like weird Tex- shit. Texas, different country. Weird shit, different country. Man. Weird shit that goes down there. Yeah, not turning over the Second Amendment down there. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I'll spin you. I'll spin the cycle to a totally different place. Please do. <laughs> I'll skip ahead six or seven years. You're going to, to the UK, uh, aren't you? I'm going to go with Soft Boys, yep. Yeah. And uh, I played Robin Hitchcock, Hitchcock before solo. You have. Yeah. And this is uh, off the last album ever made by the Soft Boys, Underwater Moonlight, which is a classic. Probably their masterpiece. Yeah, it's a masterpiece for a band that existed for five years. Cambridge, England. Yeah. Yeah, good town, good city. You're going with the Bad. deeper cut, not one of the more obvious ones. I'm just going to play Insanely Jealous of You. Yeah. Yeah, spin it. Underwater Moonlight, Soft Boys, great band, great album. Thank you, Bob. She's walking down the street. Me, I'm just invisible, and who or what she walks with makes no difference to me. The people that she meets, she turns them into sideshows, they're just here for their amusement. That's not what I want to be, but I'm insanely jealous of you. Yeah, I'm insanely jealous of you. The night is black and thick, I wander past your window, and I catch a cigarette thrown from a jewel-encrusted hand. It comes on pretty quick. Exactly like a crocodile in search of a mirage across the undulating sand But I'm insanely jealous of you Yeah, I'm insanely jealous of you I don't know why the people want to meet When all they know is that they'll breed like rabbits in the end Cause ordinary people on the street, they never know But if they can't be rabbits, they'll be friends And I'm insanely jealous of the people that you see Insanely jealous of the people that aren't me I'm insanely jealous of you Yeah, I'm insanely jealous of you 
I just can't let it out. This feeling of insanity is thicker than a barge upon a shattered heap of coal. I know what it's about, like crying from a nightmare, and the one who lies beside you cannot hear to save a soul. But I'm insanely jealous of the people that you know, and I'm insanely jealous of the places that you go, and I'm insanely jealous of you. Yeah, I'm insanely jealous of you. The damage that we do is just so powerfully strong, they call it love. And the damage that we do, it just goes on and on and on, not long enough. you're touching on that's like teenage Mike stuff right there I played a lot of soft boys when I was a teenager huge fan you wildly know. overlooked in their own country yeah were they see I, I oh, don't yeah I don't even know I mean and uh, the one other thing I'll say about that song amazing that's, a, that's an English album which is a classic that it, is like much more appreciated in the United States than in England amazing live sound to that record like it, it, oh, it, the energy on that record is thirty six minutes. Thirty six minutes, incredible, and yeah, I mean, for me, and the the, the song you're gonna play next, uh, after my song, is uh, it's another one. Like these are like late teenage years. Like I went from soft boys, like just that literate, weird sense of humor, but without being jokey. Uh, like taking the pop form of like, you know, I love you and I'm jealous, you know, like and twisting it on its head, like that really, really appealed to me, uh, you know, when I was like 16, 17, 18. And I mean, it still holds up. Fantastic song, fantastic band. And the guitar. Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that because it appealed to me. Like I never heard it until I was like 20, 21. Yeah. Well, no, so it was about like, the same you know, time. Radio DJ, so you're a few years. Yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. I'm four years older than you. Yeah. So yeah, we it hit us at the same time. And yeah, and I'll say fantastic. this: the guitar what playing, guitar playing on that record is amazing. You know who the guitarist is? Yeah, Kimberly Rue. He went on to be in, in Katrina and the Waves. Of course, yeah. After yeah. after Soft Boys broke up, he formed Katrina and the Waves. They had a huge Walking hit. on Sunshine. Huge hit. Huge, huge MTV hit. Like yeah, he cashed in. He cashed in the. He's, he's in Cambridge. He's like, I'm sliding in my, in my chips. Ma- major one-hit wonder. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's a song that you hear still to this day all over the place. 
So not a bad song. No, by any means. it's a fine, catchy little pop tune. Um, but yeah. Anyway, thank you, Bob. Love the Soft Boys. Yeah, we could fantastic. We could, overlooked, we could, totally overlooked band. We could do a whole feature on Hitchcock and the Soft Boys, but uh, well, I'll get into it. In fact, uh, we'll talk about that. But, but you, you want to do the focal point thing on the show? That's cool. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm into that. Three songs, focus or something. Yeah, I don't know. focus, hocus yeah. pocus, focus, focus, focus. Yeah, yeah. we'll save yeah. that for next show. What uh, do you got? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to go with some good old guitar pop, indie pop. This is an Australian. I think they're Australian. I don't know. The, the, the main guy's Australian. He moved to the U.S. They may have formed in the U.S. Uh, I'm talking about the Moles, mm. led by Mr. Richard Davies, who after the Moles broke up, they released this album, then they broke up. He formed a band called Cardinal with uh, Eric Matthews and Bob Fay. Bob Fay, of course, went on to be in Sebado and a bunch of other bands. Great guy. Yeah. Um, and then Richard Davies reformed the Moles and put out some other records. And it was kind of a cast of characters with, you know, mainly him as the, as the glue that held it all together. But this is from their first record, 1991. Catchy little pop number. Um, the album's Untune the Sky. This is a song called Bury Me Happy. It's the moles. You you know this one, Bob? Not offhand. Okay, I think you'll I think you'll like this. I, Fantastic. I I, yes, I, I think this is right up your alley. Enjoy it, the moles. a song in particular that sounds like it could be on Flying Nun. Oh, totally. Totally. 91, right in that era. They're from Australia. Yeah, Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. 
Uh, but uh, just a fantastic, oh, just amazingly catchy song, really good songwriting, really good band, very overlooked. Uh, I don't know if they're still getting their, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe they're getting their due now. I think they've they've had some reissues and kind of best of collections, but uh, uh, just, you know, good record. What more can you well, say? It kind of, kind of reminds me of a cross between Windbreakers and the... Um... And the clean, yeah. and Hamish Hamish Kilgour is enlisted in their membership at one point, as is David Newgarden, who's a amazing music opinionist and a great player himself. Yeah, and uh, absolutely, but, uh, uh, very very much uh, clean influence. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sure huge fans of the Clean and all that Flying Nun stuff. Yeah, had to be. I'll take us to it. I'll take us to another famous band. Well, I mean, like actually, we haven't played that many famous bands on the show, yeah, other than ZZ Top. <laughs> but I'll play. I'll play a Wire. Play Wire. Yeah. Off their second album, Chairs Missing, and like we, I think I played a Wire song earlier, like forty episodes ago, and like you know, you know, there's no way you can just do one and done on these guys, right? Yeah, you know I mean, maybe maybe that'll be our our motto: a, a wire song every forty episodes, whether we need it or not. Uh, yeah, it's like one of those things where, like, you know, we probably should have done an entire wire tribute show. But... We may still. I mean, well, we easily could. Yeah, but this is off of uh, Chairs Missing, their second album, London Band. Yeah, classic. Being, still going. Being... Yeah, yeah, they're still humming along. Being sucked in again. This is a it's a Lewis song, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Classic. All right. Here we go.
So for me, those early Wire records are right up there. As far as being influential on me musically, as as important as the Minutemen, as important as... Uh, entertainment by Gang of Four. Gang, gang, entertainment by Gang of Four, absolutely. Uh, amazing, amazing band. Amazing song. What I love about that song is it's so... It's so claustrophobic. Like, it just, you feel like the walls are moving in, and there's, but it's it's just very well written, and, like, it's it's got this mood and feeling to it that sounded nothing like anything else that was coming out in 1978. Well, there's a pub, you know, Colin Newman's from uh, Salisbury, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's from... Yeah, and he, he wrote he wrote that song, played guitar, and sang on it, right? Okay. And uh, yeah, I, Salisbury. I, I stand corrected, the, not Lewis. It was it was all Colin Newman. Yeah, one of the greatest race courses in the world, Salisbury Race Course, where I saw Sir Percy break his maiden in a twenty horse field. He went on to win the Epsom Derby. There's a pub there. In fact, there's a famous story I'll tell. Uh, I'll tell it right now. Okay. Uh, Lester Piggott was one of the greatest jockeys of all time, perhaps the greatest jockey of all time, in my opinion, you know, uh, he was signing his new book, you know, and he, and he couldn't hear it all, you know, he's about, I mean, he's still alive, thankfully. And, and, um, how long ago was this? In story? fact, he's, Oh, I'm going to say like, uh, not, well, it would be the day before John MacArthur got married. So, 2000 early 2000s okay, okay. so nearly Pickett, 20 years hmm. Pickett must be around 80 so he's signing his book okay and uh you know like i'm gonna buy his book for for my dear friend john MacArthur, and get him to autograph it. that's gonna be my wedding gift you know i'm the only american at this guy's wedding and uh you know his name's j-o-n not j-o-h-n I tell the guy he's telling Lester what to sign, and he, on a sticky note, hands it to him, and he says to John, J-O-H-N. I was like, oh, no. So I bought the book anyways, but that's all beside the point. There's a bar there <laughs> called the Haunch and Venison. There's a bar there called the Haunch and Venison in Salisbury, which has been around since, like, the 1300s, one of the oldest pubs in England. Okay. You talk about the walls closing in. The walls are closing in there. It's a fantastic visit. I hope it's still going. But, you know, I've told you many times the greatest days of my life have been spent on the British race course, right? Yeah. And I'd say, like, this time of year when the flat season's going strong, it's going to be firm tomorrow at Thursk. And, like, you know, looking forward to getting up tomorrow morning and handicapping the British races. So the, the, you're telling me the greatest nights of your life have been spent at the British pubs after the British race courses? Well, if I could make it there, you know, if I got out there with my trousers on, you know. But anyway, so you got a song. You got a song, right? I'm gonna close this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna go current. I'm gonna go current. I'm gonna go with uh, this is an album that came out last year, 2017. It's a Canadian oh, artist. Oh, here we go. Here we go. His debut LP. He had an EP prior to this. Uh, his debut LP, self-titled. The guy's name is Coulter Wall. Uh, I'm going to play it, and then we'll talk, okay? Coulter Wall. Tough act to follow. Tough act to follow. It is Coulter. a tough act to follow. It's hard to follow Wire, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, maybe this maybe this will do it. I don't know. I mean, I will say one thing about Wire. The kind of the connection to the Soft Boys. I got into Wire as a teenager thanks to R.E.M., covering strange same reason i got into robin hitchcock and the soft boys because rem was connected with i think balloon man peter buck maybe played guitar like back then pre-internet you had oh i'm a fan of this band oh they like this band or they're connected to this it's like how that's how you checked it out uh so anyway. oh gang of four and the minutemen both they both for opened sure. for rem for sure for sure rem was they helped open doors for me. Anyway, so with that said, let's 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 end it with Coulter Wall. The song is uh, it's called "Transcendent Ramblin' Railroad Blues" from his self-titled 
solo record came out last year. Uh, I'm curious what you think of this one, Bob. Cool. Lay me down easy. Lay me down hard. Light my cigarette. Make my bed somewhere beneath the stars. I was born a blue child of the wild western sky, but I left my prairie home, found a box car for the ride. Now I'm way down in Okima. Earning blisters on my feet With my guitar and my buck knife Thumbing down Woody Guthrie Street So lay me down easy Lay me down hard Light my cigarette Make my bed Somewhere beneath the stars Don't look for me in glory Don't look for me below Cause I'll be riding On that freight Where the souls of ramblers go There's a sadness that follows Most everywhere I roam You can see it on my smile You can smell it on my clothes Sometimes I'll outrun it But it never lasts too long Keep me good and loaded And I'll keep singing songs Lay me down easy Lay me down hard Light my cigarette Make my bed Somewhere beneath the stars Don't look for me in glory Don't look for me below Cause I'll be riding on that freight Where the souls of ramblers go Go. 
so Bob, I'd been listening yeah. to that record for about six months before I realized. Really? Yeah, I, I, I had, I, I really like this record. I'd been listening to it for about six months. I swear to God, I thought this was like the debut record from like some sixty-some-odd-year-old guy who'd been working in a factory somewhere, and then just decided to record. And then I found out, which is why I told you not to look him up. And I found out this kid was like twenty-two from Canada. Right. Yeah. And so I, I sort of wanted you to experience it the way I did, which was knowing <laughs> nothing about it at all. How the hell can you listen to anything for six months and not research the artist? <laughs> That's my question to you, you know. <laughs> I was just, I was taking the music at face value, you know. I like the way you do that. Yeah. yeah I mean. I guess you probably, you probably always have done that. Yeah. I mean, no, you know, I look at what is presented. That's kind of brilliant, actually, on your part. I look at what's presented to me in terms of the artwork and the cover and the liner notes and stuff like that. But I mean, there's not like it's not like a baseball card where you got the guy's height and weight and birth date and birth location or anything like that, you know. And the and the oh, we're cover, not looking. Nobody's looking at baseball cards anymore. No, that's true. I mean, and the cover is like, I mean. <sighs> He doesn't. He doesn't look like he's twenty-two. Uh, <laughs> you know, so the tribute artist. You know, yeah, I guess. But uh, anyway, that's that's sort of my backstory to it. What do you think? Well, I got, I've got no opinion really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, no opinion. Fair enough. Uh, which means you don't like it. That's all right. That's cool. No. Yeah, I mean, it was cool for what it is, you know. But, I, I mean, I think, you know, as a songwriter and as somebody who's... Oh, I'm not a talented guy that sits around, like, you know... No, I'm not... I'm around the... I mean, like, I, you know, bless him, like, you know, it's campfire music, you know, to me, but, like, you know... Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to think about that. That's, you know... <laughs> I, I, you know, I think of it in the in the vein of... Guy Clark and Towns Van Zant and you know I mean he even well definitely na- Johnny Cash Johnny Cash even name drops Woody Guthrie and you know I mean it's like he's yeah, throw him in there you know yeah. I think he's got a recipe going you know I think he's guys from Saskatchewan right he's you know, from Saskatchewan he wouldn't he and he even mentions you know bringing it back to the horse racing he even mentions Keeneland in the song thing is that I, I exactly now he's never really lived any of that experience maybe except for Keeneland you know which is pretty posh. That's true. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, he's like, you know, he's, you know, we talk about a century of fakers, you know, so like, you know, he's, he's but, an actor, you know, playing music. But, like, but see, and this is... The, you, like you, Will Oldham or something. You, you know? This is, you're making a very, very important point, and it's a difference between your experience of that song and my experience of that song, which is you knew prior to me playing it that the guy was 22. I didn't realize that for a while and so i you know it's that well, i'm gonna I'm say i like your approach no no i, I i'm just saying you know i mean and, and i deliberately didn't give that kind of intro to the listeners i'm curious you know i don't even know if we'll ever even hear but i'm curious what the response was to many of the folks listening to it for the first time without knowing that little bit of biography information that's all well, it's rather intriguing. It is. <laughs> and he's playing in your neck of the woods, should you be so inclined. Well, no, I, I chart the races on Friday nights, but... <laughs> Prairie Meadows <laughs> is open. That's right. Yeah, no, no, we got a big big carryover on our pick five. All right. All right. Love you, mate. Love you, too. We'll do it again right. soon. Thanks, everybody.